Welcome to the Matthew Trim Podcast. After spending 15 years at a Fortune 300 company, I left for a smaller company. I soon figured out the systems, processes, and structure that I took for granted, for the most part, did not exist in smaller companies. This podcast is about transforming your company to develop these systems, processes, and structure to maximize growth and thrive. First and foremost, I'd like to thank everybody that has been listening to the previous episodes and the podcast in general. Secondly, I have received, once again, excellent feedback from many of those that listened. I plan to modify my approach to address some of the nuances really in production and content. So once again, thanks again for that feedback. Um, Going forward, I'm really open to all feedback that you want to provide um, at this stage of my podcasting career, you know, I'm just learning how to do it and thankful for those that are willing to listen and help improve it. So once again, thank you. Before I jump into the theme for this week's podcast, I wanted to cover off something that's changed. So in the, in the last episode, I had mentioned that I would be doing an interview for this podcast and it would basically be the end of the series. That is no longer the case. Some of the feedback that was given recommended that I actually dive a little bit deeper into certain aspects of the topics that I covered. The request came from the following thinking. So I'm in the right mindset based off of episode one. I know which path to take as it relates to layoffs, furloughs, and reduced wages from episode two. But how do I determine the analysis and the stretch represented in episode one? Furthermore, are there any tips on the day of execution to make the process go smoother? And finally, how do I lean in and start executing on opportunities? Based on these requests, I'm going to be producing an additional three episodes in this series, hopefully a lot shorter, and that'll allow us to really round out a comprehensive process for deciding and making difficult decisions around employees and costs. So here's the layout of the next couple episodes. To finish out the series, this episode, we will basically be discovering the extent of the decision that has to be made. The next episode or the fourth episode of the series will cover on how to execute the day of and what's really important and necessary tips. Episode five of the series, I will talk about how to lean in once you've actually gone through the difficult decision and did whatever it is you had to do. And then finally, episode six, we'll get back to the interview with a good friend of mine. Now that we're back on track, the theme for this week's podcast is, Will People Respect Tough Decisions? Now a word from my non-existent sponsor. It would still be pretty cool to have one, and I'll get there one day. This week, I would love to have a sponsor from Dave Ramsey. I have been listening to Dave Ramsey since, I don't know, 2008. I've listened to numerous of his 12,000 shows. So really a lot of my inspiration for what I'm doing here and a lot of how I process and think about podcasts have come from how Dave Ramsey has structured his. I don't know how many times I've wanted to say better than I deserve. That probably didn't sound like him at all. Anyway, the reason why I would like to have Dave Ramsey as a sponsor is that since listening to him, I have really started to understand, my, really my family has really 
grown in our understanding of finances. My wife and I went through Financial Peace University twice. We were able to really grasp onto the subjects, and it has completely transformed our whole financial outlook. Being financially independent is really important. And with Dave Ramsey's help and listening to his podcasts and going through his Financial Peace University, we are well on our way to be becoming financially independent. And this just shows how somebody can take an idea through experience and develop it and get it out there so that other people can learn and other people can have life transformation. And that's what I hope this podcast is someday from a business standpoint. So thanks, Dave Ramsey, for the inspiration. Hopefully someday I'll be able to speak as fluently as you. This week's business news comes to us from the San Diego Union-Tribune. This was actually an older article, but it was very relevant at the time. It was written on January 23, 2009, and was titled, How Do Companies Decide Who Gets Laid Off? The reference to this article will be listed in the podcast description if you want to review it further. This article was written by Jennifer Davies with a pro answering questions. The pro was Christine Probet who is a professor of human resources at San Diego State. And believe it or not, the first question in the article was, how do human resource departments decide who stays and who goes? Back when this was originally written in 2009, I probably wouldn't even thought twice about that first question and whether it was legitimate or not. Due to experience, now that I've been through multiple layoffs and reduced wage displacements, I was immediately put off by that first question. HR should never be deciding who should be laid off. HR should be available to support the decisions of the leaders that are making the layoff decision. Ultimately, it needs to be the person that is responsible for the employees that are being impacted. But HR does need to be there. They need to be able to make sure that you're not doing anything illegal. They, a lot of times, provide data and analysis that supports the decision that has to be made. Anyway, after being kind of put off by that initial first question, I did read the rest of the article. The rest of the article articulated multiple steps to decide who was laid off. Once again, from an, an HR point of view, um, one of those is ranking employees by fit in the company, performance, etc. Typically, any of the categories you would expect to see if you were trying to rank your employees. In reality, overall with this article, I found more ignorance than practical application. The theory by the pro should not trump actual practice. But once again, I just want to clear it up. I also think it's very relevant to state that I would have been none the better back in 2009 because I hadn't experienced or been involved with anything of the such. Without experience or support from those that have experience in the area or instruction or stuff along those lines, any leader can fall into a trap of reading an article like that and being like, yes, okay, this is HR's problem to deal with. Anyway, off the soapbox, the article was titled, How Do Companies Decide Who Gets Laid Off? Let's see if we can tie this into the rest of the podcast. So the question I posed as the theme for this podcast is, will people respect tough decisions? If I jump right to the quick answer to that question, your employees will respect tough decisions about layoffs if your decisions are in a respectable way, most of the time. As I talked at length in episode one of getting in the right mindset, 
employees want the leaders making the tough decisions to be respectful of them and the situation that they're in. A lot of times they have family that are relying on that income. They have bills to pay, you name it. Therefore, it's the leader's job to be respectful and empathetic, no matter how that particular employee responds to the actions that have to be taken by the business. Being prepared for those decisions is really key to being respectful to those that are being impacted. This episode is going to cover three simple steps that you can apply directly to layoffs, furloughs, and reduced wages that will prepare you and thereby be respectful to those that are being impacted. Step number one is based upon defining what is important to your employees, defining what is important to your customers, defining what is important to the business, as I covered in episode one. You need to generate a staffing plan to accomplish the goals of the existing business. When I worked in the Fortune 300 company, let's call them Whale Company, nearly every time there was people that worked diligently to put together this this plan based upon what the business needed. And therefore, they built out staffing plans to really support the business. But most of the time, what would happen is that you'd have some sort of leader that would come in and feel that they really needed to make an impact or set the stage for what actually happens um, when it came down to employees and costs. So they would say, I want to cut 10% of the employees in this particular region or this area or this plant. I also want to cut $5,000 off everybody's maintenance and repair costs. What it ended up being, it ended up being going from a really logical approach to, hey, let's staff for what we're doing, to let's toss out an arbitrary number. Well, I guess it wasn't totally arbitrary. I mean, they were able to see the previous analysis and they were able to say, okay, it's, it's close enough. Let's, let's add this little bit extra without really understanding the true impact of how that was going to affect the business or the employees. My experience tells me that this way of doing it very seldom works. Neither does it accomplish the goals of what you had laid out when you're getting in the right mindset. So as, an, as another example, in Whale Company, in this example, we ended up hiring three separate times because the actual staffing was ultimately arbitrary, arbitrarily decided upon initially. Even though there was full analysis that really pointed to the right number from the start. And the crazy part is over a two-year period, that number was actually realized at that later date and hired to meet those needs. But what suffered in between was the people that were working, was the production and the efficiency of the facility. And it was overall a huge mess. And it could have totally been avoided if the number that was initially produced for the hiring was correct instead of having that leader come in and say, give me 35%. If you truly spend the time to understand and get the right minds, get in the right mindset, you know what you'll be able to produce as a company, and therefore your staff baseline starting point is based upon that analysis. So that's step one. Step two, once you have your baseline analysis, you need to have each department leader take a look at their given areas and review opportunities for efficiency improvements through ideal team member placement or consolidation. As an example for consolidation, if I go back to Baby Shark Company, my current company, when we laid off employees, we were able to consolidate 
from three shifts to one shifts in our facilities. Even though the retained employees were actually from all three shifts, this consolidation cut out utilities, it cut out other overhead costs, along with reducing supervision requirements. Overall, it added to the baseline in many different ways. Another example related to the efficiency improvement side of things. When we laid off, we kept some of the most efficient team members, thereby reducing the amount of employees to produce the desired output. If you really spend the time with your team and the departmental leads in each area that's really important to the business um, and has to go through this some sort of layoff or reduced wages, you will find that you will see an additional reduction of 10 to 20% of reduced costs based upon this consolidation and efficiency improvements. This is the stretch analysis I talked about in episode one, step number four. So now you have your baseline staffing levels with your stretch staffing analysis. You basically now have to do step three, which is determine how much you should reduce wages or who should be retained in a layoff or furlough. Please note that if you follow this step, which will focus mostly on layoffs and furloughs, but it can actually work for your reduced wages to determine how much you should reduce your wages by. So follow it all the way to the end, and you can back calculate your number that you should reduce wages by to meet your ultimate goals. To get started in step three, there's really four main ways that you can go about this. The first one is contractual. If you have a union contract or another means, some sort of contract that determines how and who, you probably should follow that. The second one is temps versus full-time. You have quite a few temps, and it might meet your needs related to the layoffs or furloughs or reduced wages per se by getting rid of them. That's usually an easy line that you can cut out. It may not always work, but that's, that's usually an easy line that you can cut. The third method is positional requirements. This is exactly how it sounds. If there is a job that is no longer needed, those that were doing that job can be laid off or furloughed. Pretty straightforward. The fourth possibility is employee ranking. This is where you look at experience, effectiveness, reliability, versatility, or any key indicator that would separate one team member from another. In reality, you can use any four of these or a combination of of them to get to where you need to be. But after reviewing these four main means of determining who is impacted, you should have your number of retained employees, or if you're reducing wages, how much you should reduce wages by based upon who you'd actually retain. Now that we've reviewed this simple three-step process, I want to tie it back to the business news and the question, will people respect tough decisions? So first off, the business news of the day. When making tough decisions such as these where it impacts people and family, as I previously stated, it must be given and executed upon by those that are making the decision and those that are responsible for those that are impacted. So managers, supervisors, directors, COOs, as an example, depending upon the size of your company. They ultimately need to be making the decision because they ultimately are responsible for those people that are being laid off. It's not, it's very rarely it's HR, unless you have HR team members being laid off. So that one ties that off. 
Let's go back to the question that I initially proposed, which is, will people respect tough decisions? What you have done, if you followed these three steps, is that you have laid out a very methodical way of determining how much and who. This provides not only confidence in the decision that has to be made, this process, excluding the ranking methodology, can be communicated. The team members can hear and understand what the business needs, how you went about it, what the business is going to do, and why it did it that way. So I go back to my initial answer to the question of will people respect tough decisions, and I stated, your employees will respect tough decisions about layoffs if you make decisions in a respectable way, most of the time. By being as transparent as you can about how you approach the decision, it is respectable. That is the respectable way. The only questionable area that may not seem like it's respectable is the ranking, which you should never communicate. And when it comes down to it, not everybody will feel respected based upon this ranking that you did in the background. That is why your employees will respect tough decisions most of the time, not all the time. Finally, the scripture verse of the podcast is Luke 14, 28. This comes out of the ESV. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Let's be respectable through preparedness. Thanks again to those that are listening. You are listening to the Matthew Trim Podcast.